January 10th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kamandaf Yodbet Amud Aleph at the very top of the Amud. And let's start with the first word, Libatar. Libatar de Nafak Amar Lehu Ula. Hache Amar Rabbi El Azar Afilu Miyatme. If you recall, this was in the midst of a conversation that Ula was having with Rav Nachman. The question was that Ula had cited from Rabbi Al Azar the following statement. He said that Avadim, Avadim Kna'aniim, non-Jewish slaves, have a similar or identical status as land, as karka. The question was, to what extent? Oh, there are many situations we could come up with in which we can imagine that land and slaves have similar status with regards to acquisition and other sorts of rights situations. The question was, by Rav Nachman, posed to Ula, does that mean even with regards to Yatmeh? Yatmeh mean uh, orphans, means the descendants of a person who passes away. Generally speaking, the halakha is, if a person passes away and there are creditors who come to collect from the descendants, the only type of uh, payment that they can and will receive is from land. In other words, if the descendants have received everything in cash or in products or whatever from their father, they are off the hook. Even if the creditor is owed millions or billions of dollars, they don't need to pay a dollar. They don't need to pay, pay a cent. What's the status of slaves? What's that? They don't have to pay. We have to pay in land. That's the halacha. They have to pay with land. From the Torah. Well, that being the case, the question is, do they have the same status with regards to slaves? Do slaves have a parallel status to land? So the Gemara said that initially, Ula responded to Rav Nachman. It's different with regards to Yetomim, with regards to orphans. Libatar de Nafak, after Rav Nachman left, after their conversation was over, uh, Ula turned to the people around him, his students, his colleagues, and admitted to them, Amar lehu Ula, Amar Azar. This is in truth what Rabbi Azar said. Afilu miyatme, even from orphans. Even from orphans, meaning the statement of Rabbi Azar that uh, slaves have the parallel and same status as land is even with regards to collection from descendants from uh, orphans. Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, hearing that his colleague Ula didn't tell him the truth, he hid a little bit of it from him. He remarked, Ishtamitin Ula. Uh, Ula is uh, avoiding me, he's been hiding from me. We read that in Rashi yesterday. He was nervous. He is nervous that I'm going to ask him questions from Mishnayot, from Beraitot, from different sources and, and ways of disproving that statement. Uh, it's an incredulous statement. I can't believe Ula is hiding the truth from me. The Gemara continues and says, well, it happened in several situations that a person uh, passed away and in turn his descendants were faced with that situation. The Yitomim were approached by Ba'alechov, by creditors, and the question was, should the Beitin instruct and take from the lands of the Yitomim to pay back the creditors? general question on Ula and Rabbi Nachman and telling the truth, not like the quality of ethics over here, how do we explain what's going on? Well, I, this was not in terms of instruction. In terms of instruction in the Beitin, you're going to see in Nahardi'ah, where he's present, Ula, he's going to be posek halacha against Rav Nachman. It appears as if in the moment, instead of engaging in the conversation, which he thought he was going to lose based on sourcing, not that he didn't have tradition, he was nervous Rav Nachman was going to be able to be mekapeachim with uh, proofs, he wanted to avoid it. He told everyone else the truth. He wanted to avoid the conversation. It's almost like a, a white lie. It's not, again, it's not a misleading per se in halakha. It's a misleading 
thing to just get out of the conversation and the disagreement. You find that in Gemara, you find it all the time. It's Mishanim Mipene Hashalom, so to speak, that Gemara in Masechet. But it's a good question. You can't, in halakha, hide the truth, unless there are two, you know, approaches to the matter. Over here, it's, it seems like it's just in the disagreement. It might even be, that's why the Gemara continues, by telling you the Pesach halakha was not determined based on his white lie. I have a question just in general about Yatomim. Is Yatomim young children? Or if someone passed away 120 and they have a 90-year-old, that's still Yatom? Yatom is a- any descendants in a situation where they inherited from their father. It doesn't need to be children. Yeah. So that's the given. Now, in terms of the status, we'll talk about it in a moment or two. The question will be whether, in general, we imagine Shabud, which means the uh, lien, which is on the property, to be from the Torah or Midrabbanan. We even touched on this at some point earlier. There's a question throughout Talmud and in Poskim whether we posek Shabuda de Oraita or Drabbanan. Do we imagine a lien on property? Is a rabbinic natured item or it's a reality that's a, a valid according to the Torah? That'll have some ramifications over here, but uh, you know, that's, that's more of a general question in terms of the final Pesach on this matter. Says the Gemara, Hava'uvda bin There was, in fact, a case in the Harde'ah where this took place. There were Yitomim, there were descendants of the father, and they didn't have, well, they didn't have anything to pay back with. I guess at some point, other than slaves, the Agved, the Yaned, and Nahardea, and the Dayanim of Nahardea, following this ruling of Ula, in the name of Rabbi Azar, it appears that slaves are exactly like land they collected from land. Uh, excuse me, they collected from slaves. Hava'uvda, similarly, uh, there was a story, that occurrence, Bepumbedita, a different place where Jews in Bavil once lived, and away from Nahardea, which is where Rav Nachman and Ula were. Ve'agve Rav Hana Barbizna. And similarly over there, Rav Hana Barbizna, who's the Dayan in that case, he collected from Avadim Kna'anim in order to pay back the Ba'alehov of the father. Amalehu Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman hearing about this. Number one, knowing that behind his back, Ula actually maintained from Rabil Azar that Avadim are kikarka'ot, that slaves are exactly like land with regards to even Yatomim, the descendants, the orphans of the father. Amalehu Rav Nachman, zilu ahaduru, go back and return those slaves. In other words, Ula remarking on what he heard going on in Harda'a, maybe even in Pumbedita, says, everything that you've done, collecting from the descendants, the orphans, their slaves, to pay back the creditors of the father, wrong, zilu, go, ahaduru, and return it. It's on you, uh, Dayanim judges. Vi'ila, and if you don't go and return it, and turn back the case, magvinan lechu le'apadanaychu. If not, I will take from you, judges, your homes. I'll enter into your estates and seize them. Because after all, after all, this was a wrong judgment. You were, as Tosafot uses these words on the left-hand side, the second Tosafot, the zilu ahaduru, hashiv lehu mishnah. We learned in Masechet Sanhedrin, maybe on Daf Vav, later again on Daf Lamid Gimal, the Gemara over there talked about if a person's Bidvar Mishnah, which means to say judges make a mistake, not a mistake in calculation, not a mistake in evaluation, a mistake in Devar Mishnah. 
But again, it's, it's a great question, and, we'll, and believe it or not, a question a moment in the Gemara. But at this point, what's clear is, what's clear is, there's Tanaim, there's, there's rabbis from the time of the Mishnah and the Beraita, who apparently, this is what Rav Nachman is claiming, are explicit against Ula in the name of Rabbi Lazar. So Ula in the name of Rabbi Lazar, wonderful people, wonderful rabbi, but not from the time of the Mishnah. If it's a To'eh Bidva Mishnah, if it's a mistake from the Mishnah, the halakha is it's on the judges to fix this. They don't turn back and say they, they have to. So as a result, the claim, the threat of Rav Nachman is turn back the case, otherwise understand that this is on your head. This is your responsibility. Rabbi Lazar, Shema Yisrael, yes. But we have nothing explicit in the Beraita or Mishnah as such. You do. You go back and it's their, the point is it's their responsibility to fix the case. If they don't, they have to fix it on their own on their own with their own money. Right? That's what he says. He says to him, you turn to you turn to the judge and say, Judge, your says, Okay, let me go fix this. And uh, the litigants already disappeared. So I'm sorry, I, I did as much as I could. No, 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 now it's on you. That's Torah Bidvar Mishnah. You're right, 100%. Zilu Ahadurele. He says, go back and have it returned. The initial reaction is from Rav Nachman, go back and have the creditors, the Ba'alei Chov, pay back. If they don't, if you don't do so, I'm going to make you do it. That's all. It's, it's the responsibility, ultimately speaking, falls on the shoulders, on the heads of the Dayanim. I mean, the only issue with that is that if you have a difficult case that the high payout, no one will want to judge on it. Uh, or, or you'll want to judge and just be very careful with it. I mean, you know, that it is a certain, A, there's a mitzvah, B, there's a responsibility of people who are capable of doing so. There was, for those sorts of reasons, a lot of encouragement throughout Masechet Sanhedrin right, of the importance of Dayanu. Theoretically, you would tell the judge, you can't afford to advocate on this case. Yeah, all right. Uh, no so you're wrong, you, don't so have you want wealthy judges, it's better. <laughs> That's what it is. That's, that's what it is over here. That's exactly what's going on. It says the Gemara, Amar le Rava le Rav Nachman. Rava turns to Rav Nachman, hearing that Rav Nachman is making trouble, realizing that Rav Nachman is trying to turn back the uh, decisions of the Dayanim in Hardea, maybe even in Pumbedita. And he says, let me understand this. Ha, there is Ula. Ha Rabbi Lazar, Ha Dayanidin Harda, Veha Rav Hanabar Bizna. I have four different angles or four different people or personalities, all of whom clearly maintained that Avadim slaves are like kaka, like land, with regards to Yetomim paying back Ba'alehova of their father. More you Rav Nachman, my master, Keman Sevirale, like whom do you uh, uh, do you follow? Whose whose opinion is uh, is yours? Sevira saver means to think. Uh, whose whose approach do you think like? In other words, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. All the rabbis are judging different. Now, it's not to say that this is going to be, so to speak, a rov, a majority which you're not allowed to disagree with, Rav Nachman. We don't have a collected majority. We didn't vote on this. Uh, the question, more than anything, is you're very sharp in your wording. It's very clear that you believe there's an explicit Mishnah Beraita. If you said to turn back the case, clearly that's what you believe. Well, where are you coming from? Because it seems as if we all forgot that one. Amar Leila, response of Rav Nachman is, Ana, I, Matnita, Yada'ana. I know a beraita. 
uh, you know, it's, it's a very sharp and strong response. Uh, you turn to someone today, you say, listen, I don't understand. Everybody's doing differently than you. I mean, these, these, are, these are rabbis' uh, dream come true situations. You turn to the rabbi and say, I don't understand. This rabbi said this one. That one says this one. And you, where are you coming from? And the rabbi can, if they're, if they're capable, just open up a book. And I'm, just, I'm just coming from this line. Uh, it's a pasuk in the Torah. Yeah, yeah, you know. This is my dream come true type of situation. Says Rav Nachman, I know a beraita, detane avimi. After all, the beraita was recorded and, and repeated by avimi, the following. We'll read it through and then explain it. Peros bul. Hal al hakarka ve eno hal al haavadim mitaltelin niknin im im hakarka ve ena niknim im haavadim. Period. Now, the common denominator in this beraita, before we explain the details, is that there's a division, there's a difference between karka, land, and avadim. Clearly, from this beraita, says Rav Nachman, they're not the same thing. There are situations where we very clearly distinguish. We say that karka, land, is not the same as avadim. What are the two examples provided in this mission, in this beraita? The first one is prosbul. We're, I think, familiar with the concept. The Gemara in Masechet Gitin cites how Hillel uh, Hazakin and Dafna Midvav realized that although the Torah instructs very clearly that every seventh year there's a cutoff with regards to collecting loans, and nobody as a result was uh, giving any loans. Everybody was nervous and realized that it would be cut off. Not only that, lo What's that? Loans are all forgiven. And you you're not allowed to even force them to pay back the loan. So people stop giving loans. He, as a result, determined and decided, together with others, but it was his inception, Hilel Hazakin, this concept known as Perosbul. Without getting into the details of how it works, what's relevant for us over here is that what, is, what happens in the most simple sense is that you write a document and you hand over the responsibility of those loans to Bedin. So it's not a personal collection of myself from you. Instead, the Beit is empowered to handle this case. But beyond that, they there's... You? And they're, so to speak, collecting for you. They're standing loophole. in for you. It's a loophole to the extent that the Torah says it's not allowed to be in a personal, individual loan. If they're, so to speak, handling it. But there's a little bit more in terms of the, uh, the concept that underlies it, and that's what's relevant to us over here. The concept that underlies it, it goes as follows. Once I handed it to Beit Din, the understanding is... Um, the Betin, so to speak, have already collected it. Meaning they have the strength, unlike me, to just seize it in a second. Me, I might need to wait for you to give it, I might need to go in and coerce, etc. The Betin have that power in a second to give it to you. As a result, the vision, the understanding of the Hachamim of Hilel HaZakin, when you write a prosbul, is as follows. Is the fact that it's land, which is now, so to speak, in the hands of Betin, it's as if it's no longer in the hands of the love any longer, of the borrower. The borrower, so to speak, lost his full possession of that land. As a result, Shemitah year comes along, ooh, uh, the loan is over. The loan might be over, but the land of the uh, love, of the borrower, is in the hands of the Betin, and they can bequeath that to me, they can give that to me. Well, that's going to go into effect, we'll read it in Rashi in a moment, with regards to lands. Lands, we say, are not mehosar govaina. Lands are just there, they're out there. As a result, Betin says, oh, we need the land. So, get off the land, this is uh, Harari 
Mary's land now, something like that. If it's a slave in contrast, if it's a movable object or person, that's mehusar govaina, that's missing a collection. That's not just out in the open. The slave could go hide. The slave could go run away. The slave is not just seizable in that moment. As a result, there's a distinction. There's a difference with regards to prosbul in terms of collecting from land or from slaves. The prosbul will go into effect and help the lender if the borrower has lands. If the borrower only has slaves, the prosbul won't help him. It'll cut off, and even the Beitim won't be able to help him. Evid Kna'ani only. Evid Kna'ani only in all of this. Says the Beraita again, and then we'll read in Rashi in a moment. That's okay, I mentioned it very quickly. Perosbul, but you said you were going to listen to it. Perosbul, halal hakarka, ve'eno halal ha'avadim. That's the first line. The prosbul takes effect on karka, on land, but it doesn't affect the situation for the lender, the malveh, with regards to avadim. Just the words of Rashi, if you take a look at the right hand side, so it says, That's a reference to Shemita. So that he won't lose out on the Shivirit. Listen to the words. Those are important words for Nizikin in general. You need to know those words. The words mean it's not missing a collection. Land is never imagined as missing or, or lacking collection. And the person wrote as a result in the prosbul in this document, any debt that I have on you, I'm going to collect it anytime that I want. Why not? Because it's technically speaking based on Betin, in my possession, that's in contrast to a slave. Okay. A hundred percent. When I when I'm going to collect from you, and but without without Shemitah, I'll collect and you can pay back with whatever you want. With Shemitah, it gets cut off. Bedin can jump in, based on a prosbul, in order to make certain that you as the borrower kind of are indebted to me. How can they do so? What happens by me handing them the document? How do we continue this loan? The understanding, the concept is that Bedin is in control of your assets with regards to in as much as it's easily collectible. There's nothing that needs to be done. We say the land that you're sitting on, Harari, just take a look at it. You could just go move into that. Your slaves, we don't have that sort of control over. That's that's the concept of regards to prosbul. Like land, land that, for that reason, land is never going anywhere. Right. It's it's not mehusar govaina. Those are the Bedin words. Bedin says there's a partial or full ownership of the lender for whenever he wants to move in. So basically, yes. yeah. Land is much stronger collateral than certainly. Certainly, land is again can't disappear. Can't land can't be hidden. As a result, land in that respect is always the strongest. Oh, that's that's exactly the point here. If the borrower just has slaves for argument's sake, it would, it, the document won't help. Even though in general, if the, the borrower, of course, wants to pay back with money or with slaves, I'll gladly accept it, as Judah points out. But with regards to prosbul, it won't help him. The second halacha, where, again, the most important part, the details are always important, but the, detail, the specific part is that slaves are different than land. The second halacha, where slaves are different than land, and again, Rav Nachman is deducing from this. You see? 
See, slaves are not the same as land. I'll suggest further, slaves are not the same as land with regards to the yitomim, the inheritors, the descendants of the deceased person, with regards to paying back the ba'alech of the creditors. What's the second halacha? It's what we call a kinyan agav. Anyone who learned Masechet Kiddushin on Davkavav, there's a Mishnah. We're even going to cite it later on in our Amud over here. The concept goes as follows, quite simply, without getting into the details. If I want to purchase from you land and objects, call it karka and metaltilin, uh, do I need to do two separate, what's called kinyanim, do I need to do two second, separate acts of acquisition, or can I alternatively just do one? The halakha is, well, let's read the words, metaltilin nikninim hakarka. The halakha is, if I want to buy your car and your property, I can just buy your property in terms of acquisition, of course, I'll pay you whatever the money is, but I don't need to do a separate kinyan on your car. That's called kinyan agav. Agav, gav means a back. Agav means on the back of. On the back of acquiring the land, I can, we're going to deduce this from Pasuk and Divrei Hayamim of all places, but there's a tradition, this is a way of doing a kinyan agav. So if I want to acquire, um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Pro, uh, items, movable ob- objects, metaltilin, I can do that agav karka, based on your land. Meaning that I don't need to actually touch, do anything touch with the land, the, the, the car. And take it into my Correct. Position. The fact that I bought the land with the car, I don't have to Chalas. I now own both the land and the car. Exactly. But what if I don't want to do it? I'm buying your slave and your car. So I'll just do the kinyan on your slave and assume that the car is mine as well, which is what I did with the land. Can't do that. That won't go into effect. We're not left the left slave is like the car. We'll we'll have to read in. Uh, okay, Adaraba. So if you're right, I mean, question is if you're right. But Morris says, you know, you're not asking why not. I mean, I can't buy. I said, yeah, I want to buy your car and your chair. I'll just make a kinyan on the car. That won't work. It only works with regards to land and items. Right. So the question is, how much are slaves, quote unquote, like land? The halacha over here is two things. We see they're not like land. With regards to number one, prosbul, and number two, with regards to kinyan agav. We are treating the slave, as you just said, like your car. And as a result, the same way I can't buy this car and that car just by doing an act of acquisition on one car, so too I can't do it over here. So that's Rav Nachman's punchline over here. Now the Gemara will come get into now a longer conversation about kinyan agav in general. A, the sourcing. B, does everyone agree with this, etc. But that's, that's what we're dealing with up until now. On the left-hand side, Tosafot just points out that our conclusion over here is not entirely revealing. We haven't revealed everything with regards to the status of slaves. It happens to be there is much conversation in the poskim, less relevant today, slaves, but certainly in the in the uh, in the learners, in the Beit Midrash, they love to talk about slaves and uh, slave. There's uh, the, the famous hekesh of slaves to land. To what extent? And the, the the yeshivot, there's much to be said about this. I'm going to spare you some of the details now, but just the Tosafot on the left-hand side, Anamatnita Yada'ana, Af al-Gav writes Tosafot, even though, and anytime you start a, a sentence with those uh, words, even though, uh, clearly something's bothering you, clearly something's not clear, Debekamad Duchtin Ashkehan, what happened? Imagine the court's going to seize a human being. What are you talking about? This is Jared. Once upon a time. No, it's pretty crazy because the land is the land. Yeah. You can go seize. They're really American, Jared. Af al-Gav, so am I. Don't worry. I'm trembling as I turn on this. Even though in several places, writes Tosafot, 
Says Tosafot, the truth is, you do find that slaves have the status of land in many places. So uh, what happened in our Gemara? Rav Nachman said, in two matters, it's not like slaves. And my suggestion is, why you told me as well, it won't be like land. Uh, says Tosafot, but you should know, in several pretty significant circumstances, we won't go into all the details. What's that? It's so obvious it's only places. Didn't get a chance to respond yet? Why didn't they respond to in this way? These cases, plus so many other significant cases. So it's a great question, but more than anything, Tosafot is going to suggest that we distinguish between Dinim de Oraita and Dinim de Rabbanan. And for some reason, on matters that were rabbinic in nature, the Hachamim decided and determined, and that's the common denominator of the two cases quoted by Rav, Nah, by, uh, by, uh, by Rav Nachman, when it's rabbinic issues, we don't equate them. When it's a biblical issue, when it's a De Oraita, ironically, we do equate them. That's, what's, that's where are they're they going. Biblical, are there biblical issues where... Yeah, here we go. Number one, Le'inyan Ona'a, and number two, ushvua, without again getting into the specifics, but onaa is when you take advantage of someone in terms of overly charging them. Shivua is a circumstance where it arises. We'll have cases in the Masechet where you have to swear, a Masechet called Masechet Shivuot, a Shomer being one of them, but you have many cases where the Torah describes there's a Shivua that's necessary. On those two matters, again, without getting into the specifics, Avadim are equivalent, are the same as lands. Wow, that's a fascinating thing. You don't take a swear on land, you don't take a swear on slaves, or not. so you have equivalence. So why isn't that, as Judah said, why isn't that the response of Ula, of the Dayanim of Nahar Da'a, why didn't they all say, Omer, I told you the answer already, Omer, you know, that's, you're not even reading ahead, you're listening to me, Omer, over here we're only dealing with on rabbinic issues. So the proof of Rav Nachman is on rabbinic issues, Ligvot miyatme umelekuhot savar shi abuda lav de oraita. Velogave elamidrabanan. Ulenyan prosbol vekinyan agav dahavenamed midrabanan. So the suggestion in turn of Ri and Tosafot is that all the matters and issues addressed in our Gemara are rabbinic in nature. Rabbinic in nature, says Rav Nachman, slaves are not like land. And I'll bring you several other proofs, and that seems to be the common denominator. He can't disagree. Everyone agrees. The Hidush of Tosafot, which is difficult in the Sugya, is that means there's an assumption over here that, again, those words I mentioned earlier, Shi'abuda, a lean, the concept of leans in many circumstances is only Midrabbanan, it's only rabbinic in nature. We generally speaking are posik, shi'abuta de oraita. So the, the, the suggestion, the approach of Tosafot is not as, they say, oiskahalt, and it's not, that's right. I was going to say in Yiddish, oiskahalt, and not as clean as, that's right, I know. I felt, man, I figured as much. It's not as clean as Tosafot makes it out. As a result, there is a longer conversation amongst the Rishonim, Hakme Sefarad, Rashba, and others on this matter. But that's, uh, for all intents and purposes, that's what the Gemara presented to us. Uh, over here. The continued lines here in the Gemara are the following. You just made a very bold but simple statement, Rav Nachman. You told us there are two cases, and the second of which is going to be most significant to us, wherein slaves are not like land. What was the second one? second one was what we call Kinyan Agav, the acquisition on the back of something else. I can acquire products, items, the car, on the back of just doing a Kinyan on the land. How do you do a Kinyan on land? In several ways, but we'll talk about Hazakah for a moment because we talked about it 
Earlier in the Masechet on Daf, uh, what was it, Daf Tet? Well, well, that was the extra yeah, one. Uh, the the classical ones is Na'al Gadar Uparat. You lock the front gate, you, uh, you, na'al, uh, you, put, you put the gate up, or you were parat, or you put a hole in it. In other words, you made an opening. Those are the classical hazaka. You are right, Tosafot. Understanding of that Gemara yeah, was a bit different. Uh, that should have been Eli. He loves, yeah. uh, or maybe Alan, the Tosafot. But anyway, uh, so, so, so that's what we're dealing with. The, that, that with regards to land, you can do a kinyan agav. I'm going to use these words now, just going forward. Alan, listen. Metaltelin. Metaltelin means movable objects, right? And karka means land. Karka can have, uh, you can have with metaltelin a kinyan agav karka. You can't agav avadim. You can't use slaves in order to acquire other things. Says the Gemara, lema ketanae. Perhaps that issue, and this is the real answer to your question, Judah, why is the Gemara doing this? The Gemara says, maybe this matter of kinyan agav karka is a dispute amongst tanaim, which means to say, it's effectively saying, what would the response to Rav Nachman be? Rav Nachman was so strong. What would Allah say? What would it be Allah say? What did all that? Maybe they will say, guess what? We love you, Rav Nachman, but maybe there's a mahloket tanaim. It's not everybody agrees. You quoted one biraita. You quoted from Avimi, this biraita, where it says that slaves, you acquire the slave, you can't acquire the car with it. Maybe that's really a mahloket. How so? Here's the first of the two biraitot we're going to cite. Machar lo avadim vekarkaot. If you sold to another person slaves and lands, I want to sell to you both my slave and my non-Jewish slaves. I need to, you need to rather, do a separate act of acquisition, a separate what we call kinyan on each of them. You can't buy the slaves agav karka, and you can't buy the karka, the land, agav avadim. Uh, Rashi jumps in and explains to you why the slaves are different over here, even though this Beraita will be considering slaves not like land, because slaves are what we call nayede. Nayede means they move around. So non-movable objects on their own, a car when it's parked, and almost anything else aside from animals that move unless they're tied up. In such a circumstance, you can't do a kinyan agav. You can't buy the, uh, you, the human being, the slave, agav karka. Okay, so that's the first statement has no bearing on our general issue yet. The first statement is if I'm buying slaves and land, I need to do a separate kinyan on each of them. Next. Kanametaltilin, excuse me, uh, uh, so again, one more time. What if I want to buy, and this is the case I've been addressing until now, land and a car. Karka and metaltilin. If I make a kinyan hazaka on the land, I acquired it, I, as a result, on the back of that, the car is mine as well. It's not the same the opposite way. If I jump into the car and speed it around a little bit, make a kinyan of some sort on that car, I don't, as a result, get the land. We're going to derive this from Pesukim. You'll have to do two if you go in that order. Right? You could do land and you get the item as well, but if you're doing item first, you need to now do on land. Lastly, and most importantly, avadim umetaltelin. What about when it comes to slaves? I want to buy your slave and your car. In both of those circumstances, both the car and the slave, I need to do a separate act of acquisition, irrespective of where I began. Yes, but for us, the most important is these last, let's call two, but really one. But the halakha is, with regards to a slave, I can't acquire the car, a gav, on the back of the acquisition of, a sl- of the car. 
of the of the slave. Now, what was the halacha? Very clearly, it's not like karka. This first beraita clearly is a Rav Nachman beraita. He points this. He says that's what I told you already. What's that? Kinyan is different than. Then seizing, then seizing back. One is look. One is conscious. I understand. You need to actually do something about. What's the status of the eved? If the status of the eved is like, it could be you'll have to bring a sharp sevara to be mechalek, which they don't have. Because when you seize an eved, he's a human being who's around by himself, so it's different. No, it's property. It's a nice sevara. It's a nice sevara, and wait a few. a day in the Gemara, but I'm just going to tell you, if you tie up the Eved, we'll talk about this. The horse. If you tie up the Eved, Mamash, leave off the horse for a second, we'll talk about that as well. But if you tie up the Eved, he's now no longer movable. Okay. No, no, I'm just saying, I, I, no, I'm, I'm saying your Sevara is not good enough because you're talking circumstantially. You're saying it's only because he's, mo- he's moving. I understand. What if he's not moving? Okay. An animal I can tie up. An evid with that who's a human being, I can't tie up. Why not? Of course, Pashut, you can. You can't make such a wide-sweeping uh, suggestion. I don't... I don't I, I'm, I'm, come on. I'm, especially when we're dealing with slaves like property, you're so nervous about that. But it's not a sevara. It's not a sevara. It's, it's, it's an okimta, which doesn't work. Anyways, says... What about apples and oranges? One, you're talking about an Eved in a, in, a, in a contract. And the other one is the Eved as a commodity. What's his status? You're though? right. They things. are different, but why are you right. distinguishing? Right. That's the biggest issue. In other words, words, you need some sort of source of logic to say over I'm here it should be different. Because there's a lot of things, as you said, where the Eved can be used as commodities. Yes. The guy is the person who has it now. He wants this transaction and maybe he's him up. But so therefore what? Since he wasn't a part of the original, therefore you can or can't take from his Ayman. You can't. I say you can But you could, we're gonna put it more on him, even though technically speaking it was on his father? You can't discredit it because of a contract situation. All right, well, we'll, 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 we'll return to this tomorrow. Let me just finish this, the, the stira, the contradiction over here, which is really what the Gemara is trying to angle us into. So does everyone else. They had to, everybody's angry at the Gemara. It's great. They had Tanya, but we have a, a, a conflicting Beraita. Here's the contradiction. Listen to this one. This one says, once I did the act of acquisition called the Kinyan on the, on the Eved, on the slave, I bought as well, through doing so, the car. My love, should we not suggest this is what they're disagreeing about? The second Beraita is an opinion which maintains land and slaves are identical. It would accord with Ular, Bilaza, Dayaned, Nardeam, Pumbedita, etc. But the first Beraita maintains Avadim are like movable objects, meaning like the car itself, and that would accord, of course, with Rav Nachman. Now the Gemara will go on to, one second, the Gemara will go on to dissect this and suggest this is not a clean distinction and suggestion over here, uh, but, but they're trying to prove that although Rav Nachman 
tried to or set forth a Biraita which supported himself, that was that land and slaves have a specific different status. We're now saying over here we have two Biraitot which disagree about this. In other words, it's beautiful, Rav Nachman. That's what those are the words. Marcy had a question? Rav Nachman. You do it according to the second beraita, which accords with Rav Nachman. I can, uh, excuse me, with accords with uh, with everyone uh, else, with Ula and Bil Azar. I can do one acquisition on the slave, active acquisition, and I got the car as well. Yeah, but that's the suggestion of the machlokin here in the Gemara. We'll deal with this going forward.